Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is your boy, Vernon Davis. I'm excited to be on Behind the Mask podcast, one of the best podcasts there is, hands down. Look, we're going to be talking about the movies that I've done, from Message from Brianna, even working with Morgan Freeman and Bruce Willis. Look, Singletary will also be included in this conversation. You definitely don't want to miss that. Also, we'll be talking about what's next. Let's go behind the mask. Simple, smooth, and every sip as easy as the last. Tito's Handmade Vodka tastes just as good with tap water as it does with your favorite mixer. Back in the day, Tito distilled, hand-bottled, taste-tested, sent to a few friends, then taste-tested again to give you the finest juice around. No frills, no flavors, no fancy labels, just the good stuff. Just Tito's. For recipes, videos, and more, visit titosvodka.com. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Welcome back to another episode and edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. I am your host, Takeo Spikes, and I would love to bring the plus-size model in, but... He is a little bit under the weather. That's okay. I'll take advantage of that right now because we have a special guest, one of the best tight ends to ever play the game. And before I really go deep into this introduction, one of the best teammates I ever had, one of the best tight ends I also ever played against, sixth overall pick for the San Francisco 49ers, Super Bowl champ with the Denver Broncos, two-time Pro Bowler, all pro man y'all give it up for my boy vernon davis come on baby let me get that <sighs> round of applause let's go yeah yeah let's yeah go. yeah let's go what's happening Vito? tk what's up baby how you doing man it's good man you you're officially an all-time great and uh it's good to hear the ladies and gents to be able to welcome you on the behind the mask podcast it's been too long bro been a while man it's been a while i definitely miss uh miss you guys in that locker room man it's nothing like that locker room we got we had a lot of experiences and we did a lot of great things together oh man no yeah. doubt dog the experiences are are second to none but before we dig into it man i just want to simply say this segment is brought to you by tito's handmade vodka make sure you indulge responsibly so before we go into the locker room talk bro like you were drafted sixth overall to the 49ers. And as a rookie coming in, you were a top 10 pick, bro. And it wasn't too many top 10 picks coming out of Maryland at the time when you came out. But what was your perception of the NFL and how long did it take for you to realize the perception is different from the reality? Yeah, the perception is definitely uh, different from the reality. I mean, there's a lot of... Coming in, I thought it was going to be more like college, but, I, but, but, you know, I found that it wasn't. You know, it's all a business. The NFL they treat they treat it like it's a business, and you know, I, I had to get I had to become tough because I created I cultivated so many different relationships on on every team that I played on, especially early on. And I every time I looked up, they were gone. You know what I mean? They were gone. And then just like uh, uh, the benefits of the players and and just being. Um, being benevolent to to the players and giving us what we deserve equally, I think they could have done a better job uh, in, the, in the NFL as far as that. Uh, but you know, there were there were some that were fortunate and some that were unfortunate. 
but you, you want the best for your guys, you know, because you're at the end of the day, the coach is gone, the GM's gone, the, 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 the CEO might step down and someone else comes in and acquire that team. You still left with your teammates, you know, and it goes beyond the football field. It goes on to after, after the game, post, post career. So, um, it definitely, it definitely, um, I definitely learned a lot being in the NFL. It, it definitely turned out to be something that I, totally different than I expected. I remember, you know, because you're spoon fed when you're coming out of college and they kind of control the narrative for you. But mm-hmm. when you get into the league, it's like whatever happens, happens, and you have to be able to react. It's no different than the NFL saying, hey, we'll change a rule and we expect the players to be able to adjust. So, what was that first NFL moment for you to where you were like, man, this shit is real? I remember for me, it was it came up playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. And I felt the historic tradition. You see Jerome Bettis, you see Cordell Stewart, like all of that. But what was that NFL moment for you to where, man, this is real? Man, it was like, it's like um, well, there was a there was a few occasions where I was like, this is real. And we can go back to it. I talk about this all the time. It's the moment with Mike Singletary, right? Um, you know, it's one of those things where you sit down and you say, this guy got my back, right? But then all of a sudden, something happens. And for me, it was being sent to the locker room on national television and then going home and watching the guy talk about me like like I was just something just dragged from off the street. You know what I mean? And um, at that moment, I'm like, wow, this is this is – you know, this is different. This is this is strange. But, you know, it taught me a valuable lesson. It taught me that some people I can't really be upset at at the person because some people have different ways of doing things. And and at the end of the day, I'm going to learn a valuable lesson out of this. Right. So what I learned out of it, you know, is that you have to be prepared for anything when it comes to this this league. You know what I mean? It's not it's not like college. You have to really understand and and you have to respond in a way that makes you look good, right? Not only make you look good, but you have to become, uh, you have to be the bigger person in every situation when it comes to being in the NFL because, you know, it's a, it's a lifelong journey and you have to adapt. Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network working for everyone. I'm glad you brought that up, man, because a lot of people be wanting to know, you know what I mean? Especially, I remember going back to that day you talked about Singletary and, uh, when he sent you to the showers and it was I still remember bro I was on the field it was a tv timeout and I remember just looking to the sideline Vernon and I was like (laughs) okay I see Vernon walking I know he didn't get hurt so I'm still looking I'm like he's still going (laughs) where is he going and um I remember when we got off the field I remember remember hearing guys saying man Singh sent Vernon to the showers bruh and I was like, dog, stop it. And they yeah. was like, nah, for real. So I just really want to ask you, dog, like, how did that moment go down? Because everybody remembers seeing the press clippings. I want winners. 
I want you to be able to do this. If you can't do that, then you got to get up out of here. So, like, man, take me back through that story, bro. Yeah, so it was, it was, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, coming in as a as a young guy, you have to really learn to, you have to find yourself pretty much, find out who you really are, right? And the way you do that is this is going through this journey called life and in and, and this career that you have. So after the game was over, you know, we went to the locker room, then, you know, coach didn't really say much to me, but he said, I want, I want to see you tomorrow. So I saw him the next day and we sat down and, you know, we started shedding tears. He was crying, I was crying, but he was telling me that, you know, he his thing is is tough love. And that's what he was giving me. Right. He wanted to see me excel. And I knew that from day one. I just I just didn't know that it would happen that way. But after that, I mean, look, sky was the limit, man. I started I started playing better. I became a better leader. I started being what the team needed me to be. So I didn't think too much about it. I just took it as a learning lesson. And now that I sit here 37 years old, I can say that I'm very appreciative of that moment. You know, that's the thing about Coach Singletary. A lot of people, you know, they they saw him as a hard coach, mm-hmm. which he was. He was very hard. Um, but it was the life lessons that came out of it. And for you to acknowledge that, that means a lot because it's, it, it was a big growth period for you. I'll even say this. I saw you grow up from that time period to where it was like you was trying to come in and you was figuring it out. You had it figured out but you had your own roadmap to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. But I saw you grow up from that time point and bro, you really made strides. So I really salute you on that, Vernon. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, um, I appreciate you for saying that because, you know, we as young guys coming in the next generation, they can learn from the the things that the older guys went through. You know what I mean? Just through experience and just paying attention uh, because you, you can either act this way or you can act that way. Life is all about how you respond to things. So I'm glad I could be an example of how to respond. Guys, you know I am on my health kick after I work out. The first place I stop is McDonald's. I pick up me a strawberry banana smoothie. The recipe features the perfect combination of fruit juices, such as strawberry and banana. This is the perfect pick-me-upper after I finish my workouts. And the best thing... I can order it anytime on the McDonald's app. That sounds like excellence to me. Ba-da-da-da-da. Mobile order and pay at participating McDonald's. Download and registration required. Hey, we always like to have real conversations, dog. And, and um, when we talk about real moments, we talk about going behind the mask. Um, you had three coaches. And you were drafted by Mike Nolan. Singletary mm-hmm. took over. Then Coach Harbaugh came on the scene. Out of those three head coaches, which one of them were the best? And who did you learn the most from? Let me tell you, Mike Nolan was one of my favorites. Coach Singletary is one of my favorites, right? Because of um, my time with them, getting to know them as coaches and just them being, you know, true. you know, True and just, you know, super authentic, right? But... Harbaugh came in and he he showed me something totally different. I mean, everything that he brought to the table, his enthusiasm, his his way of coaching, his ability to get all 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 the men that he was coaching to rally behind him. I mean, he was amazing. I remember the day he came out, he suited up with the with the second team. I mean, he had on shoulder pads, cleats, the pants. I mean, his face mask was 
was just gleaming. I mean, you could see a big smile on his face as he dropped back to throw every pass. I was like, this guy is amazing. You know, he's not wearing the Dickies right now. The Dickies with the pin spot on the on his right pocket or his left pocket. I can't remember. He was wearing practice pants. And from that day, I had a total, uh, a higher level of respect for this guy because I've never seen anything like it. I mean, he was just, you just wanted to play for that man. And what he did for us, all the games that we lost, all the all the all the training camps and the the the, the pain and the 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 experiences that we went through with the past two coaches that we had on that team with Nolan and Singletary, up until when Harbaugh came in, he gave us something to look forward to, something to play for. I mean, I remember my first time playing the playoffs, playing the New Orleans Saints. I mean, that game meant so much to us, man. I mean, after winning that game, we we. You, the stadium was on fire. I mean, the, the my teammates' faces. I mean, everybody, everybody was like it was kind of like a building had fell off our back because that was the moment we've been waiting for. I mean, it almost felt as if we won the Super Bowl, you know. And um, I'll never forget that day, bro. When you when you talk about that, that's the game that you scored. That was it. The game winning touchdown on in the end, right? It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, you know, we got to talk about that now. So, like, I remember Shades of T.O. when he caught the big touchdown pass mm-hmm. and got clobbered in the end zone. And it was similar. It was the same similar catch. And you came back to the sideline full of emotion. You talked about it briefly, what you guys experienced as a whole. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I saw that play happen, I saw Vernon Davis – I felt like you were set free. Everything that you worked hard for, mm-hmm. everything that you wanted to be when you came into the league, I felt like all of that culminated into that one experience of the end result of that play, you being able to get in the end zone. Um, am I right or wrong on that? Yes, I, I, you're right. Now you exact you you hit it. You hit the you hit the hammer right on the nail with that one. Exactly, absolutely. I. Um, that moment was something, I, you know, I know my teammates was waiting for that moment, but I've also been waiting for that moment. That was a dream come true. I always wanted to hit that game. It's like hitting that game-winning shot, and that was that game-winning shot for me. Um, everybody wants that moment. Everybody wants the moment where your teammates run up on you and they put you on there and you get on top, you're on top of their shoulder. You look around, all of a sudden you're sitting up here, right? Everybody wants that moment, and that was that special moment for me. And I didn't feel like I just did it for myself, but I did it for not only my teammates, the organization, and all the fans that supported us, but I also did it for my family. I was thinking about that being that kid walking up and down the street with holes in his shoes, right? I was also thinking about being that kid who walked into the coach's office that day and said, can I try out to play any position that has to do with scoring touchdowns, right? I was also that kid who didn't play his freshman year in college, but all of a sudden I get drafted as a sixth pick in the first round. So all of those things even going through the NFL and losing so many games and and being called a bust because I wasn't living up to my potential as a first round draft pick and then coming right. out of that you know that that that's those were the tears that's what that was right yeah real talk though yeah that's what that was tears of joy man tears of joy because people don't see what you go through every day they don't like as much as we try not to read the papers, man, we read the papers. We hear the little chatter that everybody talks about. Mm-hmm. But I truly, I truly believe that now you confirmed that that was your vindication mm-hmm. after you made that touchdown, man. So yeah. salute to you, my brother. Salute. Uh, 
also want to give another small plug. This Behind the Mask segment is brought to you by Tito's Vodka. Um, we talk about going behind the mask and uh, really want to talk about your brother, Vontae. He had a great career, very good football player, came on the scene and made strides very fast. But I want to ask you about the season that he called it a, a career. Um, I want to say he retired at halftime while he was playing in a game. Uh, abruptly just stopped, quit. First of all, we heard. No, go ahead, Tia. I'm sorry. When we heard that around the league, we was like, man, something else is going on bigger than this. So since we don't have Vontae, I wanted to ask you, did y'all have any conversations at all before or even after the fact? And uh, what's your take on it? First of all, I want to give a cheers to Vontae Davis for being so brave. So here you go, Vontae. A little riff for you right there, baby boy. Shout Um, out to Riff Energy Drink, baby. Tito's. Natural Natural sugar. Tito's. Riff. But no. When Vontae, I was in the locker room. Obviously, Vontae had a game. I had a game. I was playing for the Washington football team. And where I finished my career, back here in my hometown, I get a call. I I look at my phone. I got four missed calls from Vontae. I'm like, wow, this is weird. Let me call. Give him a call. Like, what's going on, baby boy? He say, uh, I'm retiring. I say, what? I said, come on, man. You joking, boy. Come, come on. Come on, you joking. He said, I'm retiring. I was like, let me call you right back after I finish this next half. So I called Vontae back. You know, I, TK, I'm upset. I'm livid because I was the one waking Vontae is four years younger than me. I was the one waking him up, pulling him by the hand, taking him to the nearby high school, trying to get him to follow me because I knew where I was going, right? I wasn't, I wanted him to be successful, but I wasn't too sure. I believed that he could, but I didn't really know. I just knew that I was doing the right thing, right? So when I heard this call, I'm like, gosh, that hurt me, man. It hurt me so deeply that my brother would do that. Cause I'm like, look, we don't do that. We don't. We don't walk away from the game like that. We don't We don't give up, right? We don't do that. But I had to think about it. I had to collect myself. I said, this is my brother. This is my family. And regardless of what he does and how he, how he does it, I have to support him. I have to put my, side, my pride aside and understand that what's right for him is right for me. And if he want to make this decision, I have to support him because he's family. And I'm not going to think about the times that I pulled him to the high school because at the end of the day, I don't know what's going on inside his head, right? Maybe he went back out there and he, he got himself hurt. He, maybe he, maybe he ra- made the right decision. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But I know that one thing for sure, two things for certain, is that he's a human being and human beings aren't perfect. So I can't expect him to be perfect and make the perfect decision. The decision that he made in his eyes and in my eyes, it's a perfect decision. So it was one of those situations where I really had to think about it and just put myself in his place and just feel what he was feeling. And I was able to do that. Totally felt, bro. Family comes first before anything. I know everybody wants questions. Everybody have questions and everybody wants answers. But at the end of the day, family is first. And so I, I feel you on that. New FanDuel Fantasy players, your day is about to get 20% better. Start playing fantasy this football season and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit up to $500. That's a big time bonus and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit. What are you waiting on? 
The reason why I love FanDuel so much, I get an opportunity to set my lineups every game day. I can also play private contests with my personal friends. And you have many different formats, main slate, single game, best ball, and also a snake draft. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash BTM to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash BTM. Age and location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Moving on, I want to talk about one of your biggest years. You had 13 touchdowns, my dog in a season tied with Antonio Gates. We already know he's a, he's definitely going to be a shoe-in for mm-hmm. Canton, Ohio, into the Hall of Fame. Uh, talk about that historic season that you had because that wasn't no slouch by no means at all. Oh, man, I appreciate that, man. I, um, you know, it's kind of – it's rewarding to to walk away from the game and <clears throat> hang it all up. It's almost two years for me since I've been retired, and to be able to hear things like that is kind of – it makes you, you you appreciate it. You appreciate the work that you've been able to put in. So it feels yeah. good to be able to hear that because I, I'm, you know, as you're so busy, you don't really think about the, some of the things that you've done, you know, you just did it and you move on to the next thing. Right. Um, but yeah, man, that was, a, that was a special moment for me, a special time. It was really, I don't know. It was just one of those things where I was like, wow, I can, it made me believe it gave me hope that I could really do this on a high level and do it consistently. Um, but that that was a great year. Anytime you're able to have achievements like that is always a great year, great thing. And um, it's something that I'll, that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. All-time receiving leader when you're looking at the San Francisco 49ers in receptions, I want to say also touchdowns as well, maybe even yards. But when you look at some of the other tight ends, the great tight ends that played the game, do you think your numbers compare up to that Hall of Fame status as well? I think, um, I think um, you, you know, I'm not, you know, for so many years, I've never really talked about the things that I've done because I was, you know, you, it's, it's, a, it's a way of humility and just, you know, just being a, being a team, team guy, you know what I mean? You just don't talk about stuff. But I feel like the impact that I made on every team that I played on, I felt like I was always there. They every team knew that I was always there. You know what I mean? I felt like I've always, I've always uh, came through when I needed to come through for my team. I felt like, um, I feel like the numbers that I have in different categories, right? If you put everything in from Super Bowl era to regular season, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I deserve some kind of credit for, for what I was able to do on a high level. And I think there's areas where, there's things that I did that other guys didn't do, right? Just like other guys have certain categories that they did that I didn't do, right? And just being in that category of, of that top 10 category in, in certain places, like touchdowns and receptions and things of that nature, I feel like I did a great job. Well, no doubt. You you definitely did a great job. So I got to put you on the spot right now, bro, because I need for you to give me some of your all-time great tight ends. Now, I'll tell you this, and this is going back from the historian side of me. Your athleticism, especially during the time when you got drafted, uh, I've heard coaches say it goes back to John Mackey, the great old-time tight end, and this Mm -hmm. is coming from Dick LeBeau, legendary coach, also Hall of Famer, talked about the athleticism that you brought into the game. So I want to hear who are some of your 
top tight ends of all time that who you really appreciated looking back on it in time? Well, um, when I was in college, over top of my bed, I had John, I had Mackey, I had Kellen Winslow Sr., I had Tony O'Gates, and I had Tony Gonzalez. Those those were my guys. And then later on, I ended up adding Shannon Sharp to that to that mix. So when I think of tight ends, that's who I'm thinking automatically. I mean, it's just it's just innate because those guys were guys you always heard about. Those guys always they made a huge impact in the game. And when it comes to defense, they if you have a tight end on your team and the defense have if, if the if the safety's not working, right? If the linebacker's not working, if the safety's not working, then you have to go and you got to get a corner who's a little bit bigger than the corner to get on that guy. Then you you that that guy's a problem, you know, because you can't find nobody to check him, right? Right? Um, I've always wanted to be that guy. And when I look at tight ends and I and I feel the energy from these different guys, those are those, those are the guys that you have to do that to, right? And They've always been my favorite. They, they've been guys that I, I really emulated and wanted to model my career after. Right now, there are some African-Americans with sickle cell disease who need a blood transfusion every single month just to stay alive. And they are more likely to get a compatible match from a donor of the same ethnicity. So please donate because our blood saves lives. Go to redcrossblood.org slash ourblood. Find out where and what time in your neighborhood now. Bro, I will tell you this. You've done a hell of a job. And I appreciate the history that comes behind the game. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about Mackey. Like a lot of guys, even tight ends to this day who come into the game, some don't even have an idea or a clue of who that was. So I appreciate the, the historic side of you knowing the guys of the forefathers that came before you who left the impression to where one day you sat in your room in high school and you was like, these are the guys who I want to emulate and become the best. Mm-hmm. Bro, I want to ask you this. Um, I'll really say this. This is one thing that a lot of people, some people know, but we're going to blast it out on the BTM podcast. <laughs> You've made plenty of appearances on platforms in the entertainment industry one of my favorite, Dancing with the Stars. You was on the 29th edition or the 29th season of that. I saw you. You you had it out there, dog, wearing them tight pants like you used to wear back in the locker room. We used to kill you on that, too. We used to wait for Vernon Davis to come to the locker room and say, what Vernon going to wear today? But I give you credit, dog. You used to, you used to be ahead of your time, dog. You were eclectic. I give you credit, bro. <laughs> You know what, TK? That was a hey, look, man. I had a ball. Let me let me tell you though. That was learning. To hey, that dance. was strategic playing out too, right? Dude, no, no. It just kind of you know what? Damn bullshit, Vernon. Don't be lying, man. I knew I was done. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I I had an, an idea that what I was gonna do. I did my move. I created my move. I said I'm gonna do two movies by myself and produce and, and and help pick the cast and all that stuff. And I did it right. And. After after I finished, then I got the call from Dance with the Stars, and then I decided to go on. I didn't know what I was walking into. I didn't know that I had to perfect the dance, each dance routine in three days. Dude, you get three days before you go live and do this dance. You know how much pressure pressure that was? Dude, I would dance for three hours with my partner. Then I would go to my living room and dance another three hours. Dude, I would go to sleep at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning because, you know, as athletes, TK, you know, you know how competitive we are, right? I want to do really well, and failing is not an option for me. So I'm going to do all that I can to make sure that I'm – because we're routine guys, right? We're we routine guys. we so used to coming up with a routine, doing it over and over and over. Because, you know, by the time you got there on Sunday, it's going to be 
so much easier for you. You're not going to even have to think. You're not going to have to do anything. You're just going to react, right? And that's how I felt when I was doing doing uh, Dancing with the Stars because I wanted to be good at it. So, man, that was so much time on my feet, man. Let me tell you. Oh, man. I was on my feet moving and dancing, and it was crazy, bro. But it was a great experience. Hey, so w- with it being with it being a great experience, was it hard trying to like people just think if you're an athlete, you should be able to dance. It should transition over. Is that true or false? That is false, man. That totally is false. false. I mean, so, certain things you can do, like when it comes to the athletic movements, like uh, I give you a, a dance move that's really that, that requires a lot of energy, which is paso doble, right? Paso doble. Then there's tango where you have to bend at the knees a little bit slightly. You know what I mean? Every time you're dancing. So things like that. Yes. But then. The technique and you know the technical difficulties of of dance, dude. It is. Let me tell you. Oh man, it took me three weeks to learn how to move my hips. So, <laughs> <laughs> learn, how to, learn how to little do a little cha cha, man. It took me like three little weeks to do a cha cha. I'm like, oh okay, I got it now, boy. I got it. And then you realize, out of all of the moves that you practice, you only gonna do that for what? Maybe seven, eight seconds. And then you on to another dance in the routine, right? A minute. Yeah, all the dance routines you do, you do is it lasts like a, a minute or not 50 seconds. And then you go into the next one and you got three days, bro, because before they come in there with that camera, say they need they need um, they need what you're going to do. We need to see your routine right now. So we, we have to have it. Oh, it's so much pressure. Oh, crazy. I feel you. Let, let's talk about um, the latest project that you have going on. And um it's coming up in a few months. Message from Brianna, mm-hmm. a film that you, you're working on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be up in the American Black Film Festival. So how can we support Vernon Davis? Like you support everybody else, but how can we support you on this film? Tell us about the film and how can we support it? Yeah, I think uh, just just you know just tagging about it once, once the movie drops. Follow, you can keep up with me uh, and the film by following me on Instagram. You also go to A. a- abffplay.com to register to see the movie, the worldwide release of the film, which is going to start AB, AB, American Black Film Festival starts November 4th, all the way, I think, to the 13th. Um, but that is going to be um, it's going to be great for us to get our film out there and have everyone see it. And, um, it, it, you know, it's kind of like my debut. You know, I never have really had a movie come. I've done a few shows on BET and uh, places, platforms like that, but this is one of my first films that I've done. So it's kind of like my debut of uh, coming out and and uh, being an actor, man, being an actor and, and and producer. So I'm excited that we even got into this film festival. It's a huge honor for me. Um, so I'm excited about that. But, you know, the film that I'm, most, I'm also excited about is the film that I just finished with uh, Morgan Freeman. I played a huge role in the film with him called Muti, where I had to play a South African character who has a South African dialect, and I also learned how to speak Zulu. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot on, on that journey, you know, playing a serial killer. And um, each movie you do, you learn a lot about yourself and you come, become better and better at the craft. So it's pretty awesome uh, to see where I'm at compared to where I first started. Bro, you said you had to learn Zulu, pretty much another language. Was it hard or like, what was that like? Well, it's pretty cool because, you, you know, they don't ask you to do that. It's something that I, I wanted to do because once you read read the script, once I read the script, I say, okay, if this character's from South Africa, then I need to go, I need to go out myself and I need to learn how to speak Zulu. 
they, you know, of course I had to speak the dialect because he's a you no know, South African character. But what I did is I went on Instagram and I Googled, well, I went on Instagram and I found this young lady who, who lived in South Africa. And yeah. I messaged her, I said, can you help me translate some of this information? She sent, hit me back on WhatsApp and we start, she started teaching me, man. And I, that's how I learned. And so when I go into the film, film is all about, movies are all about catching people off guard too, right? You don't want to tell them what you're doing. So I go in, I got my first scene with Morgan Freeman. He comes in the office, he don't know I'm there, I can turn around and I start saying my my dot, my my Zulu. And he's he's looking. I can tell he I caught him off guard. So after he came up to me, he was like, Yo, that's big shit, dog. Yeah. That's real though. Yeah, so that's real, fam. Yeah. yeah. Hey, one thing that you talk about catching people off guard, you kind of caught me off guard because I saw you you put up the riff energy drink. That's another one of your endeavors that you're working on. So mm -hmm. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that Riff energy drink. Yeah, um, Riff is pretty cool, man, because it's um, it's called Cascara. A lot of people don't know, but, but that coffee that they're drinking, right? It comes in this little red, it comes in a little red bean, which is mm -hmm. a fruit called Cascara, right? And Cascara is really toxic for the environment, if you didn't know. It pollutes the environment. And um, what Riff was able to do is take this, this fruit that's being discarded and making a beverage out of it. Now you have natural energy, natural sugar, and you're also promoting, creating job opportunities for local farmers because not only are they selling the bean, now they can sell the fruit of the coffee bean as well. You know what I mean? So you're you're doing you're doing so much for the world and the environment in a great way. Hey, bro, like I'm surprised just by hearing this and catching up with you. I didn't realize you was involved into so much stuff. So mm -hmm. I want to ask you, like. It is life after football and mm -hmm. um, basically walk me through a day of your life of Vernon Davis. Um, so I get up in the morning, like if I'm home, if I'm not filming, <clears throat> I'll get up in the morning and I'll, um, I'll work out. I don't eat until one o'clock PM and then I'll eat dinner uh, at like nine, eight or 9 PM. But in between those, those days, I kind of, you know, I changed every, I changed a lot of things since I retired, I changed my diet. I changed the way I look at, you know, food, a lot of different things. And, um, um, but yeah, I'll get up, I'll work out early. Uh, and like I work at like seven what 8 AM. Right. Because I got to get the kids. I got to take the kids to school. I got three kids that I, you know, I get them ready for school, take them to school. Uh, then I work out, then I'll sit, get in my laptop and, most most times I have like maybe six scripts, six or seven scripts at a time that I got to get through. Right. So I start reading these scripts. And at the same time, I'm working on um, I'm working on an actual film. Like right now, I'm working on a movie called Going Home. Um, so I got to read that, get all digest all that information, breaking the script down. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm working with my acting coach. We work. I've been doing that since I've been retired. Um, then I might get an audition. I have an audition. I'll do that. I might have a podcast like with you. And then I have a lot of different other opportunities that I have that I have on the table that I'm going through with uh, whether my my manager Patrick or Henry. I have a I have a manager on the business side, and then I have another manager on the acting side. His name's Henry Penzi. He's been an integral piece in my life. He he's worked with Mark Wahlberg for like 15 years. Um, so we um, a lot of the entertainment stuff I do with him. So he's always got something for me on the table. So we we probably have like six different things on the table that we're gonna, trying to close right now. So. It's just it's just planting the seeds, man. We just I think life is all about for you, for me, like what you're doing. I mean, I just saw you in San Francisco. Now you're probably somewhere else. Like, I mean, you're just as busy as I am. So um, I'm sure you know what I'm, where I'm coming from with this. But 
life is all about having different things on the table and taking those things and just, you know, just going through them and just planting, planting those seeds. So now by next year, I got seven, eight different things that I'm into that I, that I can do. You know what I mean? Like I was a voice for the SPs this year, right? That's what I'm saying. So things just fall, fall on the, fall on the table. So being the voice for the SPs, I mean, I remember, I remember going to the SPs and just sitting there, sitting there. Now I'm the voice for the SPs, right? But yeah, that's huge, bro. Yeah, they, they offered me another opportunity, another job. So I'll be doing it again, fingers crossed. Uh, if nothing changes, but so it's things like that, just planting the seeds, doing things, planting the seeds, and just having it all on the tables for when you, when you're ready to, you know, when when time comes. So that's that's pretty much my day, man. Every day. Hey, bro, I salute you for what you do. Uh, not necessarily from a personal standpoint, because you are reaching and 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 you're going for every desire goal that you wrote down uh but more so from the aspect of setting a great example for guys who are looking up to you and the guys and the athletes that are coming behind you so i appreciate you maverick for uh leading that like for real bro like and and most deaf listen you definitely got my vote for the hall of fame Uh, you've done a lot of great things and i think more than what I can say, your record really speaks for itself when you go back and you look at what you were able to accomplish in between the lines of competition. So I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Also, one last shout out to Tito's Vodka for supplying today's cold adult beverage. And uh, with that being said, man, we got to get you back on and come back on the show. I'm pretty sure pretty sure you're going to be holding up some some big time awards now. I'm talking about those uh what they call it, the Golden Globes. <laughs> Everything. Hey, so, man, you look, know, man. Academy Awards. We we want it all, Vernon. We we ain't leaving nothing on the table. Nah, man. I appreciate it, man. I hope so, man. That'd be nice, man. I'm I'm working at it, you know, um so so hopefully, you know, that those things come to fruition, but uh yeah, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Much respect, my brother. I appreciate you. Okay. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.